Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 44 of Process to Profitability. Today, I'm going to be talking about UX, what it is and why it's important. This is a topic that I've been wanting to cover for a while on the podcast, but I just wanted to make sure that I could bring you the best information possible and some of how I use this in my own business so that you can start thinking about this as you make decisions for your website or for other areas of your business. So today we're going to cover what UX is, why it's important, how you can think about this as a design process and as you're making updates to your website. And then I'm going to be teaching you how you can perform a UX test on your own website and going over some of my own experience conducting these types of tests and what I've learned and will be implementing on my website because of them. If you want a free download to help you perform a UX test and maybe think about the questions that you could ask, go to lemoninthesea.com slash UX test and you can get a free PDF guide with some questions and an overview of how you can do this type of test for your own website. Let's jump into the show today by talking about what UX is. So you might have seen or heard of this term, but it probably isn't something that you've thought a lot about, especially if you are not a website designer or somebody else who works in this field. UX stands for user experience, and it covers a wide range of things, including websites, products, courses, stores, etc. So basically what UX or user experience is talking about is looking at who is using your product, service, website, whatever it is, and how they can get the best out of it. So you're looking at the what, when, where, why, how, and who of a user and the use of your thing, whatever that might be. Today, we're going to be talking specifically about websites, but there are people who do this for all sorts of things. If you are a product creator, you've probably sent your products to people to let them test them out, get them in their hands, get feedback on what they're actually thinking and how they work. If you've created a course and run a beta test, that's part of the user experience. You are reaching out to people you think would be a good fit who can give you feedback on what works, what doesn't, what makes sense, what you might need to add or take away. And so all of this is part of the user experience. And we're looking at this from the standpoint of every stage in the life cycle, from their very first visit to your website, to hiring you, working with you, and giving feedback and referrals. We don't want this to just be a one and done type of thing because anytime somebody interacts with your service, your product, your website, you want them to get the best thing they can out of it. And you want that experience to be easy for them so that they come back and they use it again or they refer you to their friends. And that's the whole point. The reason that UX or user experience is so important is because it's all about the person who is actually using whatever it is that you're working on. Like I said, you're already doing some of this without even knowing it. Every time you think about 
does this decision make sense for my clients who are coming to my website? You're thinking about user experience. You just don't know how to articulate that possibly. Every time you're looking at, okay, what is the simplest way for somebody to download an opt-in from my website? That's all about user experience. But the more you understand how to do it and how to look at this process, the better job you can do at implementing it on your website, through your processes, and through everything else that you're doing in your business. Now, we talk on the show a lot about designing processes that help our clients and work for our business, and this is the basis for how you can do a lot of that. So if you listen to some of my past episodes and some that are coming up, we're going to be talking about creating processes that help you, creating automations that make it easy for your clients to get what they need from you. And beneath all of that is this thought of giving them the best user experience possible. So this isn't about sending your clients gifts or little notes to thank them for being a part of it. It can be part of that process. But this is more about the base level, who is on my website every day? How can I make this as easy as possible for them to find the information they're looking for and get them to help me reach my goals in my business? So it's about creating something that's going to work for your user that also benefits your business. And it's a process. So you're always going to be making tweaks based on the data you're receiving, the results that you're seeing, and testing and changing things as you go so that you can really start to create a website that is going to work for the people who are visiting it. So I want to start this now that we've talked about what it is and why it's so important by going over the process of user experience design. And like I said, it starts first with strategy. This is why I have made strategy such an important part of the design process with my clients. And this is really where I got the idea to make it a priority. The first thing you need to look at, and I know that I have said this a ton of times, is to ask yourself, what is the ultimate goal of your website? What do you want visitors to do? And what do your visitors want? So here you need to look at a couple of things. First, you need to look at the objectives of your website. What do visitors want when they come to your website? Are they looking to learn information about you, possibly purchase a product, or do they want to read a blog post or listen to a podcast? What is their goal when they're coming to your website? Because once you know what they're looking for, you can either direct them to it or you can steer them in another direction that better fits your business. The second thing you need to figure out is what your business needs are. So what does your business need from the visitors who are coming to your website? If your goal is to get more clients, then your business needs here are to create a way for people to learn about your services and to hire you in a way that makes it easy for them to do that. The third thing you want to look at is branding. How are you going to brand this website so that people know that it's all related to your business? How are you going to have it be recognizable as this belongs to whatever business you're running? The fourth thing you need to decide are your success metrics. So you've set your goals, you know what your business needs, and now you need to figure out how you're going to measure to see if your website is actually reaching those. A lot of times this is done with analytics 
and all of the numbers that you can look at, but you need to figure out which ones are most important and what you need to be tracking in order to see if your website is actually being successful at you, what you want it to do. Then you're going to look into who your dream client is, the persona of the person who's coming to your website that you want to take those next steps. We talk about this a lot when we talk about ideal client avatars or your dream clients. You wanna dig into who that person is. And so you've probably done a lot of that, but on your website, this could possibly be more than one person, depending on their needs. So. You obviously have a dream client for the person who's going to purchase from you, who's going to hire you for your services or buy your product, but there also could be the person who is just looking to learn from you and get that free educational content. And so you need to figure out who those people are, what they're really looking for, and dig into all of that information so that you have it in front of you as you're thinking about the design. Next, you need to look at your user needs. So you know who these people are, What do they need in terms of technology and guidance? What do they need from you to make this whole journey easier, to get to where they need to go as quickly as possible with as little frustration as possible? And you can do this by digging into research about these people, asking around about what they need, conducting surveys. We talked about that in a pretty early episode of the podcast. And you want to look at where your website is now and things that you need to change in the future. So if you are redesigning a website, you want to look at what's working right now for people and then what you need to update. And finally, as part of the strategy, you need to look at the things you might need to research. So what types of things do you need to look into and learn more about before you design your website? Do you need to figure out how to set up a membership site? Or do you need to hire somebody to help you with copywriting? You need to make a list of these types of things so you can start looking into them, digging into those, and so you're ready to go as you begin the design process. Now that you have the strategy behind your website, you know the goals, you know what you're trying to do, you know who you're trying to reach, what they need from you, and you've done any research that you need, You next need to get into the scope. And scope here stands for the features that your website needs to have. You need to make a list of the things that your website needs to have right now to be up and running, things you might be doing in the future, and things down the road that would be nice to have so that when you choose a platform and start the design, you know all of those things and you can make a well-informed decision. Things to look at here include e-commerce, membership sites, blog or podcast content. If you are going to have opt-ins and freebies, a newsletter list, all of those sorts of things that you want to have on your website that make it functional, that make it do what you need it to do, and things that you're looking towards in the future. So even if you don't have anything to sell on your website right now, if it's a goal of yours down the road, you want to think about that as you're designing and as you're making these decisions so that you are ready to grow as time goes on. The third big thing to look at and the next step is structure. So how do all of the pieces fit together? When I work on this with clients, the structure comes in the form of either a website design audit where I'm looking at their current website and making suggestions based on what they already have and what they might be missing, 
or it comes in the form of a website vision guide. So I am sitting down and looking at everything they've told me and writing down, these are the things that we need to have in place. These are the types of pages, the idea behind everything. And depending on what we're doing, we might sit down and say, okay, this is a really tricky process that we want people to go through. Let's map out how we want that to work. How are we going to set up the workflow here so that it is smooth and seamless and makes it easy for my visitors to use? Now, for a lot of us designers and for you who are working with a designer or a template, you're not going to see the back end of how all of this comes together. You might see a couple of sketches and different ways that big issues are going to be handled, but you're not gonna see the little tiny drawings that come up here and there. Some people get really into user experience design, and I've seen this a lot when people are designing apps. They need to know what happens when somebody clicks on the wrong button. How is it going to handle an error? Or how is it going to ask for more information? On most of the platforms that you will be designing a website on or that you will be hiring someone to design on, a lot of those decisions are made for you. So you're not having to make the decision of how that's going to work on the back end. You might decide how it's going to look in the design, but you're not having to actually figure out, okay, if somebody doesn't fill in this section of the form that's required, what is it going to look like to get them to do that? Most of these platforms have already figured out a way to handle that. And so you just need to make sure that the form is working and set up correctly. Next is the skeleton. So what components of the website are going to make it usable? This is where you are looking at things like navigation, the way that information is laid out, and some designers will do this in the form of wireframes. So they will sketch out on a piece of paper or on the computer a basic outline. It's boxes, grayscale, and you're just looking at where things are going to be placed and how things are going to work. Other designers like me will do this in the mock-up stage so that you can actually see it in real time. And my wireframing kind of comes in on the back end and just making sure we have all the pages that we need but you can have this happen either way with your designer. And so this stage is all about just making sure everything that you need on your website is going to be there and that it's going to be in a place that makes sense for your visitors. The last step, which is a step that everyone thinks of as the design phase is the surface, what your website is going to look like. This includes the layout of the website, your branding, adding color, creating uniformity and consistency. But if you start the design process here, you haven't thought about how everything else is going to work. And that is really what makes a website work is all of the back end work. So it's about laying out your website in a way that is going to bring visitors to the right page, to take them on that journey. It's about figuring out how people navigate through your website and making sure that it makes sense for the people who are going to be coming. It's about figuring out who it is that's going to be coming to your website, who your dream clients are, and what changes or adjustments you might need to make based on their experience, their history, their knowledge of technology. If you generally work with people who are older and don't spend a lot of time on technology, you need to think about that not just in the colors and who you choose for your website and the way that your logo is designed, but in how it's laid out. 
You want it to be simple enough for them to land on your website and really know what they're getting into and where to go next. You want to make the process as simple as possible for them to sign up or to hire you or do whatever it is that you want them to do. If you are working with people who are on websites all day, like a lot of creatives, you might have a little bit more flexibility, but you have to know what they like as far as design goes and what drives them nuts. If your visitors to your website don't like pop-ups on mobile because it blocks the website, you need to know that so that you don't build in pop-ups. If the people you want to work with always call the about page about and not something else, you want to know that as you're making these decisions. And so user experience design is all about focusing on the user, figuring out how they're actually going to use your website or your product or your course or your service and making it as simple as possible for them to get what they need from you without having to think too much about it, without being frustrated by the process. If you're ready to update your website today and need some guidance on things that you can do, check out my free guide, Five Website Updates to Get Legit. You can download it at lemonandthesea.com slash five updates. There you will find a guide with five easy updates you can make today that are going to make your website stand out, be legal, and it includes free resources that you can check out as well as easy action steps to get you started so that you can start making improvements to your website today. That is at lemonandthesea.com slash five updates. Okay, so now that we've talked about how you can think about user experience as you are looking at designing your website, I want to talk about how you can use user experience thinking to make updates to your current website and decisions as you go. So these are going to be things that you want to consider as you are deciding how you want people to use your website. And if you're working with a designer, these are the sorts of things that you're going to consider and you can leave most of the rest of the things to your designer. They know how to develop your website for all of the backend stuff to work and you just want to sit down and figure out how to best guide someone through your website. So the first thing is to guide them through your website. You want to balance this because you don't want to get in somebody's way or leave them hanging. And what I mean by this is if your website is confusing because it's a new way of doing things or you have some sort of a product or software that people are using, you want to give them enough information so they know what they're doing and what to expect, but you don't want to give them so much information that they get frustrated. If you've ever gone to a website, you've started using a new software program and they're giving you instructions at the beginning, right? They want to walk you through and give you a tour and show you how everything works. This is where a lot of this comes in. They're going to probably have little pop-ups that come up and show uh, say, okay, this is how you do step number one. This is how you do step number two. And what they're trying to do is give you enough information so that you know how to use their website and what you can do with it. But they need to make sure that they aren't giving you so much information or so many pop-ups that it's overwhelming. And so you need to figure out what do your visitors need to know from you in order to get the best experience and what can they figure out for themselves. For my website where I have a podcast, I don't tell people, oh, this is how you get to the podcast. 
but I do tell them once they land there, okay, hit this button to subscribe. So this is how you can listen to the podcast pretty easily. And if you don't want to listen on iTunes, there is a player within each post of show notes so that you can listen to it there. And it's designed so that it looks like every other music player. It's very easy for them to use. You also can do this through calls to action. So you're guiding them through your website. You want to lead them through your website so they start at one place and they end at another in a way that makes sense and gets them all the information they need to make a decision. And so you can do this through calls to action on your website. Maybe on your homepage you say, okay, the next step is to check out ways you can work with me or to read my blog. And then on your blog, you might have them sign up for your email list or you can have them go to your about page and then to your services page to see what you offer. This is all about mapping out that journey. You need to know how people are going to move through your website and then you wanna make it easy for them to actually do it through buttons and links and a simple, simple version of that map so that it's easy for people to make those decisions and get to where they want to go. The second thing to consider is that you don't want to confuse people. And again, this is a balance. You don't want to frustrate them by giving them so little information that they don't know what to do. And you don't want to make them feel stupid by giving them instructions on every little detail. And so you need to know who you're speaking to and the information that they already have in order to give them just enough information to keep going, but not so much that they're going to give up and leave because they can't deal with feeling like this person doesn't think that I know anything about the web. The third thing here is to give feedback. And what I mean by this is you want to make sure that people know that they are going in the right direction. So if somebody fills out a form on your website, whether it's to opt in to your email list or to get in touch with you, you should always have something that pops up at the end that says, thanks for signing up. You know, I got your information. This is what's going to happen next. You want people to know that they're doing the right things, that when that form is submitted, it's actually getting to where it needs to go. And that when they sign up for that email list, they're actually going to get an email in their inbox. You want to make sure that you're giving feedback along the way that says, yes, you are doing the right things, or nope, you need to go back and try this another way. Next, you wanna set them up for success. You want to think about, okay, giving them a small win now so that they can keep going and feel like they're really understanding what's going on. You can see this a lot in the way that somebody moves through your website. So if they go to your portfolio and they click on something, you want that actually to bring up that portfolio page. You wanna make sure that all of that works. And you also want to give them that guidance through your website so that they can get to the places that they want to go. The final thing here is to be human. Remember that you are a human interacting with other humans through technology. Technology is just the bridge. It's not the final destination. And so you want to make sure that when you are considering all of this, you're not looking at it from the point of view of how does Google use my website or how does a robot use my website or how do these people who use my website interact with these big tech companies. You wanna look at it as this website is an extension of you and it's helping to bring your information and your insight and what you do to the people who need it. And so it's just the way that you're doing it. It's the bridge 
it's not the only interaction that you're going to have. And so keeping in mind that these people that are using your website are human is going to help you design it in a way that makes it easy for them to learn what they need to know, to get feedback on whether or not they're headed in the right direction. One way that I like to think about this is what are some really good websites that you've visited that work really smoothly? And it's hard sometimes to think of good design because good design should be invisible. You shouldn't notice it. What you do notice is bad design. So if you've ever been to a website and everything you click on doesn't work, or if you choose to go to a page and it loads super slowly, or you fill out a form and then it comes back with an error over and over and over again and you can't figure out what's missing, those are all examples of bad design and that's what we're trying to avoid. Good design is when everything works so smoothly that people don't even notice that it's there. And this is something that can be tricky, but a lot of the platforms out there that you might be designing your website on help with this. A lot of the templates are designed to move you in this direction. And so you are just making decisions based on the people who are coming to your specific website for your service. The last thing that I want to cover today is performing a user experience test on your website. And as I said at the beginning of the episode, there's going to be a PDF guide that you can download to help you with this. And you can find that at lemonandtheseed.com slash UX test. It's going to have a list of questions that you might want to ask and things that you can have people do to test out. But I'm going to walk you through how performing a user experience test on your website works. And after that, I'm going to give you a little bit of information and behind the scenes on a test I recently conducted for my own website and the insights that I got and the things that I learned. So when you decide to perform a user experience test on your website, the first thing that you need to figure out is the types of questions you're trying to ask. What do you want to gain from this information? Do you want to just see if your website is attractive to your dream clients? Or do you want to make sure that the way that they move through the website makes sense? Once you figure out those goals, you can start writing some questions down and some tasks that you want them to reform. So some good opening questions are things like, what's your occupation? How many hours a week do you spend online? What types of websites do you visit most often? My tip here is to use this information to make sure that your dream clients are the ones that you're getting the most feedback from and that you're taking their feedback the most seriously. If you work with people who spend hours online and who are always looking at websites, you can still get good feedback from people who are not those dream clients, but it might not be as relevant to what you're trying to do because what you want to do is tailor your website to the people that you want to reach most. The next thing to do once you've made a list of questions and tasks is to find somebody to conduct the test. You can find a friend or reach out in a Facebook group to ask for some help, but I do recommend that you have somebody who hasn't been to your website before so that you can get their honest reaction. Somebody who hasn't already played around with your website and doesn't know where things are, and so you can see what it's like for somebody to come to your website for the very first time and how they're going to walk through it. It doesn't have to be a dream client, but they should have the same amount of familiarity with technology. And if possible, you can choose three to four people and run multiple tests so you can see where people are confused most often and what might be a fluke with just one person. The more information you can get, the better decisions you can make about changes to the design. 
The next thing you want to do is just set up a time. Have them jump on a Zoom call with you, share their screen, and you want to then send them to your website and review what it is that you're going to be doing with them. The big thing here is to remind them to talk through every decision that they're making, everything that they're looking at, the things that they're clicking on, the things that they're thinking. You need them to talk to you because just looking at where they move their mouse isn't going to give you enough information. So once you've done that, you've reminded them of that information, you're gonna start with those opening questions. What's your occupation? How many hours a week do you spend online? What types of websites do you visit most often? Then you wanna get their first initial impression of your website. And usually you're gonna start this on your homepage. So what strikes you about this page? Whose website is it and what do they do? What can you do on this website? Where do you wanna go next? Have them scroll through your whole homepage. Don't have them click on anything yet, but they can tell you, okay, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I think that this person does. These are the things that I'm attracted to and I might click on. This is the stuff that's confusing for me and that I don't really understand. And once they've gone through that whole page and given you some feedback, then you can either have them click around on their own or you can give them a task to do. So some examples of tasks would be to purchase a product or listen to a podcast episode, to get in contact with you, to look at your portfolio, to figure out what your services is and how they can hire you, to sign up for your email freebie. You can assign them any of these tasks or you can do more than one if you'd like to. And that way you can see, okay, if somebody is trying to look at my service and then hire me for it on my website, this is how they would go about it. They would go from the homepage and then they'd see, okay, these are the ways we can work together. I'm gonna go click on that and see what it is. Okay, now I'm gonna scan through their services page and see, okay, this looks really interesting, but I wanna check out their work. So this is how I would go and look at their portfolio and this is what I wanna see there. And now that I've done that and I think we're a good fit, this is my next step. You know, if I click on this button, it's going to get me in contact with somebody or it's going to let me look at a PDF with more information or I can sign up for a consult call. As they walk through all of this, remember to keep them talking about what they're doing and what they're thinking because that's where you're going to get your information about this thing might be confusing or this makes a lot of sense and I like the way that you did it. Once you've had someone perform all of those tasks on your website, you wanna wrap up with some general questions about what they were most attracted to, what jumped out at them, what confused them. You can also clarify anything that you were a little bit confused about or talk through options for what would make more sense for something that might have been confusing to someone who was visiting your website for the first time. And the final thing you want to do when you're conducting a UX test is to make sure that you have a plan for actually reviewing these results and making the changes. So once the test is done, you might wanna sit down and write down, okay, these are the things that I know that I want to change. These are the things I can do right away. These might take more time because I have to plan them out and think through them. And these types of comments I can disregard because they don't really fit with my dream clients and the people that usually come to my website. And then you want to figure out how you're going to test those changes to make sure they work. If you're just changing a link to make sure that it goes to the right place, you might not need to test it out too much. But if you're making a big change in the way a process on your website works, you might want to conduct another test with another user to see if it makes sense to them. So now that you know how to conduct a user experience test and 
you have considered doing this, but it seems a little bit intimidating, I want to walk you through a test that I recently conducted on my website, just tell you how it went, some of the feedback that I got, and why I think it was so useful for me. So I wanted to conduct a test before I recorded this podcast episode so that I could walk you through the process as it actually is and not just in theory. And so I started by reaching out to one of the Facebook groups that I'm a part of and somebody in the group volunteered to just come on my website for 45 minutes, walk through it, give me feedback, perform a couple of tasks, and we set up a time to get on Zoom to do that. So when it came time to jump on, I sent her the Zoom link, I had her share her screen, and I walked her through what I was going to do. So I told her I wanna review my website to make sure that it makes sense for people who are coming here and to get a good feeling of what makes sense and what doesn't. And then I sat down and I had her go to the homepage of my website and she gave me her first impressions. She looked at everything and said, okay, first I'm attracted to this bar at the top that's for your opt-in. And because it seems relevant to me, I would click on that and sign up to get it. And then she would scroll down and say, okay, this section you know, clearly tells me what it is that you do, it gives me a couple samples of your work, and so I like that. Next, I see that you're explaining a little bit about who you work with, and so that helps me know that I'm in the right place. And as she scrolled down the page, she gave me feedback about what she was reading, what she was spending time on, and what she was kind of just glancing over, and what things she was attracted to and might wanna do as a next step. And so we went through the whole homepage like that and she told me, okay, this makes sense. This was a little bit confusing because it says it's, you know, under the things that you offer, but it's a podcast. So I'm confused as to whether or not this is a service or if it's a free educational opportunity. And then from there, we had gone over that whole page. And so I had her go through the steps for what would you do next on this website? And so she went to my services page. She said, I'm attracted to your website. I know that you do website design. And so I would like to see if we would be a good fit for working together. And so she went to my services page and went through it and said, this makes sense to me. This language is resonating with me. You know, I see your options here and what might work for me. I know that I don't need e-commerce, but I might need this package over here. And so this is what I would click on next. I'd go to see your portfolio. And in your portfolio, you know, I see all of these images, but it's really hard for me to see them. So I'd love if they popped up in a light box so that I could get a better view of the details. And after I've seen this project, I wanna see another one, but I don't wanna have to hit the back button. And so it would be nice if they were here at the bottom so that I knew that I could just navigate through your website really simply. And when she looked at a couple of examples on my portfolio, she said, okay, now I think that I'd like to hire you and figure out what the next steps are. So she went back to my services page and clicked on a button that said, take the next step. And when that popped up, it changed over to a way to sign up to get my roadmap guide. So it was a download that then leads into the rest of the process. But what she told me was that it was a little bit confusing because it felt like she was going to download a freebie instead of going to the next step for hiring me. And so we talked through what would make sense and what doesn't make sense here. Why is it confusing that you're having to download this and what might be easier and make it more clear that you're in the right place. We also talked about how she would have loved to have seen that I work on Squarespace and show it earlier on my website. 
And so when she's playing around on it, she would have loved to know that that was what my specialty was and that was the service I offered so that she didn't go through the rest of the website expecting that she could hire me for WordPress when she actually couldn't. And so all of these insights that she gave me were things that I could take away. And most of them were really good, positive feedback on things that were working and were resonating with her and that I didn't need to worry about making changes to. But there were some things that were confusing or that I could word a little bit differently in order to make it very clear what she was expecting to see, what she should do next if she was interested in hiring me or in applying to a podcast or whatever it is that she might be doing on my website. And so I found this test to be really useful because I got good feedback from somebody who I would love to be able to possibly work with in the future or that I work with very similar people. And so I'm getting feedback of what she's seeing in real time on my website. And I can write all of those things down and look back at my website and say, okay, yeah, that actually might be confusing for people. And so I need to figure out a plan for making those updates. And for me, like I said, for you to sit down and make a plan, my plan involved a couple of steps. So there were some things that were really easy for me to update. There was a link button that wasn't working. So I could make that change right away and make sure it went to the right place. But other things are going to take out a little bit more time because I have to map out, okay, what's the best way to do this? What makes the most sense for my business, but also for people who want to hire me? And how can we figure this out and make sure that it works smoothly and makes sense to everybody and nobody feels like they're getting lost or confused by it? And once the call was over, I just wrapped it up. I asked her for any other feedback that she had and just thanked her for volunteering to do this. And I would recommend that if you're looking to conduct your own user experience test and you're not sure how to get started, to reach out in a Facebook group like I did or see if you can trade with somebody so you can look at their website and they can look at yours to give feedback because everybody can use this sort of information. We are all so caught up in our own websites. We know how they work. We know how we expect everything to function, but when we are looking at something so closely all the time, sometimes we miss things that our website visitors and our dream clients are going to see or be confused by. And so if you can have somebody give you that type of feedback, it's really helpful in making choices for what the next steps are, what you might want to change down the road. And I recommend you do this at least once a year on your website, even if you aren't making changes. And if you are going to make changes through a design, it's a good idea to do one of these before you've made any changes. So on your current website, what makes sense? What doesn't? What do people like? What don't they like? That way you can go into the redesign with that information and say, okay, this process just really doesn't make sense for people. So I need to sit down and figure it out. Or people are really attracted to this type of button. And so I know that I want to use that on my next website. And then I suggest you conduct another one of these tests afterwards. So after you've designed the website, but before it goes live, have a couple people jump on and give you the same feedback so that you know before you launch that, okay, everything makes sense. Everything works towards the goal that I'm setting for my website. And it helps my dream clients to get to where they want to go and get them the information that they need. 
Again, if you are interested in conducting one of these tests for yourself, I know that it can be a little bit intimidating and you might not know exactly how to go about it. So you can download my short PDF guide with some questions to ask and just an overview of how it works at lemoninthesea.com slash UX test. And if you are interested in having me take a look at your website, just reach out to me through email and we will set up a time where I can go through your website and look at it and help you with some of the struggles that you're having and things that you are not quite sure what to do as far as design goes. I'd love to be able to help you with any of those sorts of things so that you can really grow your business and meet those big goals. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show. 